Assalamu alaikum everybody, my name's Sam, and you're about to witness episode 11 of Layla and the Wolf. So without further ado, let's just get straight into it. We don't need any big announcements or anything at the beginning. As you guys like, what we're going to do is we're going to read through the short paragraph in the Arabic language first, and then after it, we'll do a little word-for-word -word breakdown. As you can see, what I'm going to pull up is um, we actually have two sides of the screen today. I'm going to make it so that on one side, I'm just going to take notes and things like that so that you guys can benefit from that. And then on the other side, we'll actually have the whole passage up. So it'll also be a little bit easier for those of you who are following along. Um, if you just go into the description section, you'll actually see a link to where you can get, the, get this book and you can follow along with it but as we have it all up on the screen it's nice and easy for you to actually see uh, where we are so we're on page 10 and we're, we're going to do this section from here from chapter 6 um, we're going to go from there good and then we did this bit last time didn't we we did um, um, yeah we did this bit at the, this bit at the end we, we did the bit on being um, you know, on being busy with a thing with, a, with an important thing so let's go, as I said, chapter 6, Al-Jaddatu wa Dhibu. Good. Arafa Dhibu anwana manzil al-Jaddati al-Ajuzi. Arafa al-Tariqa ila al-Manzil. Sayyadhabu ila Hanak. It says Hanak, but I believe it's Hunaka. Sayyadhu al-Afrakha wa al-Duyuka wa al-Batta wa al-Wazza. Al-Manzilu laysa fihi illa al-Jaddatu al-Ajuzu. Ibnuha khalu layla. غائب عن المنزل طول النهار إنه في الطاحونة البيضاء يعمل وصل الذئب إلى المنزل لم يسمع صوت الدواجن هل كانت ليلى تكذب عليه أو تخدعه Very nice So what do we have from the beginning? We have الجدة Al-Jadda obviously means the grandmother. If you want to take off that Tetmal Bota and make it a grandfather, then we have Jadda, which means a grandfather. Um, but a Jadda is a grandmother. We've seen the Dhib many times now. We've seen the Dhib, and here's the wolf. Arafa. Arafa is a verb meaning to know. Arafa meaning to know. Actually, let's, let's type some stuff up, actually. Some of you might not have come across the verb. Arafa. So, Arafa. Arafa just means to know. You've heard other um, other verbs meaning to know. The verb alima means to know. There is a difference between the two. Arafa is most most often used for knowing people, actually knowing a thing, whereas alima is to do with having knowledge of something. That's just a you know a very brief um, you know distinction between the two. Many languages have distinctions between different types of knowledge. Um, obviously, Arabic has um, as a, um, Spanish rather has um, what is it saber and conocer. I think those are the two verbs, but I'm rusty on my Spanish. Anyways, so the dhibu he arafa, he knew. Unwan manzil. So a unwan really means a title, but when you're talking about a unwan ul bayt or unwan ul manzil in this case, you're talking about an address, right? He he knows the address. He knows he knows where he he knows the address of the house of the elderly grandmother, right? We have al ajuz al ajuz al jaddat al ajuzi. Okay, so al jadda and al ajuz. Good. Some people have asked in the past why we use the term ajuz um, for an old woman, but it doesn't have a tetmod bota on the end. Sometimes in Arabic there are words that refer to something feminine, but they just don't need a tetmod bota because of their meaning. Um, if you look it up in the dictionary, I think the term ajuz will probably be given as um, a word which can be used for both old men and old women. Um, yeah, although in this case it's used for an old woman. Good. So he knew the address of the house of the elderly grandmother. And he knew the tariq. 
He knew the tariq, he knew the way. Um, sorry, I've put to verb here, which is just awful. It means to know, not to verb. To verb somebody. Um, good. Sayyidhabu ila, and the, the text says hanaka, but hanak isn't a term that I'm, um, well, hanak could mean something, but here I think it's ila hunaka. Hunaka means over there. It's um, it's ism isharatin lil ba'id. It's a it's a ism sort of um, demonstrating something far away, right? Hunaka over there. There's another word that's similar actually, um, that you might may or may not have heard before. We have this word hunalika. I believe in the Arabic in sixty step program. I give hunaka and hunalika together in the same vocab list, but hunalika means there as well, but it's sort of like f- further away. Yeah, that's typically typically the typically the distinction, right? It's um it means there, but it means something a bit further. If you were talking about something further away, hunalika, but hunaka is is perfectly fine, hunalika. And then obviously in dialects of Arabic, you'll hear them just say hunak or hunik, lihunik, uh, over there. Very good. Okay, so sayedhabu ila hunak, he will go there, or literally he will go to there. Very nice. So let's continue. سَيَجِدُ الْأَفْرَاخِ سَيَجِدُ Very nice. So, sa is for the future again, just like سَيَذْهَبُ And then يَجِدُ comes from the verb وَجَدَ Meaning to find something. يَجِدُ means he finds, right? سَيَجِدُ He will find. And he will find الْأَفْرَاخِ الْأَفْرَاخِ We saw this word previously and it means chicks, right? Maybe it's actually actually here is being used to mean chickens generally. But the term دَجَاج is usually um, is usually a chicken, right? But um, yeah, the term frech is used in Egyptian Arabic to mean a to mean a chicken. When you go to restaurants and stuff, you buy frech. Good, but it, its actual meaning in in standard Arabic is um is a chick. So he f- he will find chicks. Would duyuk duyuk a dik is like a rooster. Okay, duyuk is the plural. Would duyuk well batta and ducks well wazza and geese. Very nice. Al manzilu laysa fihi illa al jaddatu la Good. So, al-manzilu, the manzil, the home. Laysa fihi, there is not in it. We we can benefit from this, that al-manzil is obviously a masculine word, because we say laysa in the masculine, and fihi, we use the, the he, the, as if he was, as if it was a, a male. Good, illa, in the masjid, in, in, the, in the manzil, there is nothing except al-jaddatul ajuzum. Okay, so the wolf has turned up there, and he's found that there's actually no, no poultry, there's no... None of these animals that he expected, but there is only the elderly grandmother. This is a very kind of Arabic way of expressing that there is only something. Arabic actually has a word for only. I'll I'll put it over here for you. There is the word faqat, which means only. Faqat, faqat, with a ta in there, faqat, which means only. But uh, quite often Arabic will... uh, would rather use a negative and then say accept something. So rather than saying, um, I only drink coffee. Okay, you could say, فقط. I, I, I drink coffee only, right? But Arabic likes to say, I do not drink except coffee, right? That's that's just a very kind of Arabic way of, of, of saying only. In fact, even when we say the shahada, we say, We say there is no ilah, there is no ma'abuda bihaqqin, there is nothing sort of worthy of worship. Um, illallah, except Allah. Whereas what we're kind of saying is that, what, what we're kind of saying is, we, we worship Allah only. But, but as I say, Arabic prefers to say, we do not worship except Allah. Anyway. Ibnuha, so her son. Ibnuha, 
So there, there was not in the house except except the elderly grandmother, her son Ibnuha, and then in brackets Khalu Layla, the 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 um the uncle of Layla, Ghaibun. He is Ghaib. He is absent عن المنزل. To be غاب عن something it means to be absent from somewhere. Good. طول النهار. طول النهار. The length of the nahar of the daytime. Good. Um, طول has a fatha on the end because these kind of um, these kind of adverbs of time that you almost always do, right? Even when we say things like اليوم, when we say today, we have a fatha on the end. Or when we say غدًا, meaning tomorrow, we have two fathas on the end. Like they're usually monsoub. That's how we kind of use these adverbs of time. Very nice. Okay, so let's carry on. إنه في الطاحون البيضاء. He is in the white windmill. Oh, good, good. يعمل working. Very nice. وصل وصل ما معنى وصل I don't know if we've seen وصل maybe my memory is uh, is failing me but I'm gonna put وصل up for you وصل وصل it means to arrive وصل يصل actually in this passage we've seen two beginning week verbs step 16 in the Arabic and 60 steps program we cover them and um, all you do with them is they're, they're, they're not complicated, thankfully. I mean, usually when we have vowels in words, like you have a well or a yeah in the beginning, the middle or the end, there's some funky grammar that goes on about whether you change it to a different vowel or um, and things like that. But uh, what it does, what we do with these um, verbs that are what we call beginning week, they have a vowel at the beginning, is Arabic just says, ah, oh, forget it. Let's just, let, don't even, like, don't, don't even acknowledge it. Like, what we do is rather than saying, وصل يوصل in the present tense we just say وصل يوصل وصل يوصل يوصل was the present tense um, you know he he arrives and we've actually seen this demonstrated with the verb وجد already meaning he found right وجد in the past يجد in the present we saw it earlier in the second line سيجد we actually saw it there already anyway we'll continue وصل الذئب the ذئب arrived إلى المنزل he arrived at the menzil, he arrived at the home. Lam yesma dawajini. He didn't hear the verb semia with a kasra on the meme. Semia uh, means to hear something. So lam yesma. He did not hear salta. The word salt in Arabic is quite interesting because it does mean your voice, but it just means a noise as well. It doesn't have to be a voice from a person. You know, like yeah, Arabic will say, Arabs will say irfa'a saltak. Raise your voice, but the salt can also be just the sound of something. One of my friends in Palestine, he, he sort of practices English with me, and he said, he'd say to me, like, lower your sound, but he means lower your voice to me about something. Good. I think he'd taught me an, an adult word in Arabic, and I was just saying it aloud, practicing my pronunciation of it, and he, was, he said, lower your sound to me. <laughs> anyway. Um, good. Adawajin. So he did not hear the sound or the voice of any dawajin, of any poultry. Good. Hel kanat layla. So this is a question we have hel. Hel, I mean, Arabic traditionally. Arabic, I mean, even in the Quran, there's no punctuation. Arabic doesn't have question marks or, or full stops or exclamation marks or anything like that. So what Arabic has instead is words that supplement that. So hel really just means a question mark. That is its meaning. It means a question mark, but you put you put it at the beginning of the sentence usually, which I think is really helpful. Like I like in Spanish even how they have question marks at the beginning at the end, like an upside down one at the beginning and stuff, because sometimes you need to know it's a question before the end of the sentence. But we don't really have a tool in our language in English for doing that. But I, I think that's um, I think that's helpful. 
Anyway, so Kernet. Kernet is feminine. The verb is actually just Kerner. Was Layla doing this next thing? Was Layla tekvibu alayhi? So the verb, um, yeah, kathaba, uh, meaning to lie. Yekvibu. Was he? Was was she lying to him? Or takhdaruhu? Or was she? Yeah, doing khada'a. Is it khada'a or khadi'a? I'm not actually sure off the top of my head. My guess would be khada'a, but I'm not sure. Um, it means to fool somebody or to trick somebody. Um, you don't need a preposition after it. With 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 um with um, um we had kathaba alayhi to lie to him, but um the verb khada'a um, does not need that. It's just takhda'uhu. Yes. Was she tricking him? Very nice. Okay, so that's um, that, that's everything. We're just doing a little short passage today. In the previous lesson, we did a massive one, didn't we? That was like a whole page, but in this one, we're able to see it nice and clearly, just in there. So, um, so yeah, I think I think that's plenty for today. Um, are there any announcements? Yes, um, there are two. Number one, congratulations to those of you who have joined the Arabic in sixty steps intensive program. We will be running that to October through to December or January, depending on how much progress we make in the earlier earlier months. And, um, and then also we are going to be launching um, a membership on this uh, YouTube channel as well for you guys to get a little bit more. Like things like when I write notes and stuff like this throughout our YouTube videos, um, I'll put those available for members, inshallah, who support the YouTube channel and stuff. So that, that'll be something we'll do going forward. But for anybody else who wants to join the Arabic in 60, Arabic in 60 Steps Intensive, you absolutely can do so. There are still um, spaces available. So just go to arabicin60steps.com forward slash intensive, all in capitals. And then also just kind of regular um, access to the Arabic in 60 Steps program is also open. Just go to arabicin60steps.com and you'll see everything that you need. So uh, that's it for now. See you next week for episode 12 of Layla and the Wolf or Layla with Dib. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu.